Welcome back. It's too early. Episode nine. I'm Nelly. I'm Bree. I'm Naya. And I'm Lonnie. And today we're doing a sequel to our last episode, um, A Woman's Eye View Part Two. So first we're gonna do the honesty moment. Or do y'all wanna do updates first? Which one? Updates. Updates. All right, cool. Wants to go. Um, I don't have any updates. I can go. Um, so, went to Houston last weekend for my sister's birthday. It was super fun. Houston is lit. Like, everyone in Houston is so nice. It's It was, like, so refreshing from being at home. Like, that was my first time having a waitress, and I was like, oh, she deserves a bomb tip. Like, above and beyond, 25, 30%. <laughs> everyone there was, like, just everything. Um, food there, so good. Um, we ate all day, every day. Like, we weren't even hungry and we were eating. Um, so that was that. Um, Thanksgiving was cool. I have two, two announcements. Um, one, I'm now a brand ambassador for Key Rose Collection. So if y'all need bundles, code BREE10, get y'all 10% off. Um, so go get them edges snatched. Um, and then two, Bagged Blessings is December 22nd. From 9 a.m. to 3 p.m., the link is in my bio at Briam Coleman, or you can go to the Sister Project Instagram, which is at the sister project. Um, we're accepting donations, monetary donations, hats, gloves, sweaters, coats, um, hygiene products, feminine products, pretty much anything you can think about. If you would like more information or would like to sponsor the event, please reach out to me. Um, I'm open to having conversations and answering any questions. So please, please, please reach out to me if you would like to partake in this community service event. And we're going to post a flyer on our page. Mm-hmm. So look out for yeah. that. So excited. Um, I'll go. Updates for me. Um, I have a job interview tomorrow, actually. Yay. So prayers up for that. It's for a social media associate position with a consulting firm. Um it's still in develop like international development so mm-hmm. i figured i'd keep dipping my toes in that field because it's been okay so far and plus that's where the money is pretty much if you want to earn like corporate social media money mm-hmm. so we'll see how that goes hopefully i like them and they like me um other than that i think that is it thanksgiving was cool my mother did a whole shebang. If y'all follow me <laughs> on Instagram, y'all saw he had a whole back backdrop and little signs, and it was a whole thing. So that was fun. Um, and Christmas we doing a seafood boil. <laughs> yeah, because yeah, I was like, I'm tired of traditional. Listen, we just had all this food. I'm yeah. like, I need to switch it up. So yeah, we're gonna do that. We doing Christmas brunch. That was I was like, we're not. Yeah. I cannot do turkey <laughs> stuff. Yeah, right. like, I'm over it. <laughs> Yeah, well, I think that's it for me. Um, I didn't get anything done over my little week break. I had planned out to, I had like a full day where I had all these assignments that I needed to get done. I blocked off time to do it. And that time came around and I don't even know what I was doing, but it wasn't that. Um, so I'm just honestly getting ready for this last week of school. Um, cause I feel like Monday, next Monday is my last day and then it's just finals. So I'm just in the home stretch right now, trying to get this work done before I fail. But other than that, <laughs> you know, we are all right. You're we not going to fail. 
I don't know because you're not my teachers that. be giving me extensions and I be extending over <laughs> the extension. I don't know. We'll see. We'll see. Um, I don't have any updates other than Thanksgiving was cool. Ate good. Spent time with the family. Um, yeah. That's pretty much it. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Our honesty moment for this episode was, as a black woman, what challenges do you face in today's world? Um, so I actually want to hear from my co-hosts here. Um, we had some comments that we're just going to play off of. Um, somebody said the black standard or black beauty, beauty standard. standard. Um, so what do y'all feel like y'all face as far as a black woman in the corporate society? Um, uh, um, I know, for, I guess for me, the challenge that I face is trying to juggle everything with work and those who are in school and then, you know, emotional things and then family and mental health and physical health and spiritual health and all of that. And I think people often overlook the many things that black women have to juggle um, on a day to day basis. So um if that makes sense I don't know I kind of lost my train of thought in the (laughs) middle of it but yeah I mean I feel like black women all always have to juggle a whole bunch of things a million and one things and nobody really understands how hard that is to juggle and how challenging it is um to face that every day so um I think that for me it's just the fact that black women really have to work 10 times harder than everybody else to get the same treatment And I mean that in a lot of ways, but for me, I've seen it most in the workplace. Um, For example, there's a white male that works with me. Um, We have the same exact position. Um, I started this position in February and he slipped up and said what he got paid. And it was more than what I was getting paid at the time. And I was like, wow, like, mind you, this he does not work as hard as I do. Like, it'll be times where he's just sitting at his computer doing on his phone, absolutely nothing. And I can just see, like, it's times I've seen him, like, check off that he's done stuff and it hasn't been done. Um, But I really just try to stay down and just keep my head down, do my work, because I feel like my work is going to speak for itself. Um, And I ended up getting a raise, but it's still not what he makes. So just the fact that I still have to continuously work harder than him to get the same treatment for doing an even better job than what he is um speaks volumes to like life as a black woman and how it's applied to other situations in life like I feel like that's um equivalent in like college and school um and just anything in life that I that I feel like I have faced is just like just knowing that I have to work that much harder than a regular person to get recognized the bare minimum like I just think it's funny. Like the other day I was applying to a job and one of the questions were like, we have a certain, you know, diversity standard, da, 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 da. What do you feel like you could contribute to that? And I realized that we often use being a black woman and then being African-American as two contributions to a company but they're not valued as contributions when you get into a company. It's like, yes, we want a black woman. We want an African-American. We want this, we want that. But then when I come and contribute that, 
it's looked down upon or it's not valued as much as it is when you're interviewing or when they're talking about their company. So I just feel like I noticed that a lot. Like we are supposed to be this treasured thing, but we're not treated as such. So when we get into a company and we do have to work three times as hard as the next person, we get upset and we get frustrated when in reality, we're helping the company out by being a woman and being black. I mean, that just, it doesn't make any sense to me. But um, yeah, as far as just trying to work around this whole idea and stereotypes against women and against black women specifically, I'm still learning, um, especially just kind of starting to get into um, my career and what I want to do. I'm finding that, of course, the media world, especially like production, is a male-dominant zone. Like most of the time, if I'm doing camera work, it's all men. If I'm doing audio work, it's definitely all men. Um, we come in more when it comes to like communications and social media and that kind of thing. But I don't know. I think we definitely carry a big load in the media world specifically. Um, for me, I feel like because I'm not necessarily in the corporate kind of world, for me, when it comes to work and being a Black woman, I feel like in a way I benefit just because as a dancer, they need the diversity. They need the white girl, the Black girl, the Hispanic girl, the Asian girl. Like They need everything, but I feel like the challenges that I have struggled with within my journey has been appearance and beauty and what's what's beautiful and what's not and what's black and what's black enough what's not black enough because growing up I started out figure skating and it was nothing but white girls so for me I honestly like hated being black I was like everybody has pretty hair everybody is you know looks the same or can wear certain things and their skin is lighter than mine and I really like had self-hatred towards myself and I couldn't understand why until I started dancing and I'm like okay there's there's more people that look like me I can start to see you know natural hair is a beautiful thing when before I was like I gotta have weave tracks lace front whatever it is I had to have something to make me be more a part of them if that makes sense like I needed to be more white and then in recent years it's kind of gotten to a point where it's like sometimes I feel like I'm viewed as not black enough because we went through the whole thing of like light skins brown skin dark skin I view myself as brown skin but most people will say oh no you're light skin not that it even makes a difference but because I am light skin and I may not talk with a big accent like from DC or Baltimore whatever the case is because I talk proper I'm not viewed as black enough to other black women but to white people i'm not white so it's like it's kind of like a weird position to be in especially because i'm not mixed and a lot of times going back to work i went to um this audition a few years ago in la and you know they'll um it's called typecasting, typecasting. and so they had the white girls, the black girls, Hispanic girls, and I was the last one to be put in a group. And she looked at me and was like, mm, just go with the black girls. And I'm looking like, like I am black. Like, where else would you expect me to go? And I, in a way, it's it can benefit me because I could probably, you know, work in different, as a different role. 
but it also just makes me feel like where is my place in the world like not only am I not being recognized by my own community but like within other communities it's just hard to exist I feel like because I'm like what what's gonna make me feel beautiful in my own skin in my own hair in my own existence and I feel like a lot of black females have to go through that journey I think it's just like especially with companies and and almost in every industry it's more so just be the black girl just be there you know be the token black girl um do what you're told don't break boundaries just keep your head down and I feel like that's the expectation and when you have when you are a strong woman like that doesn't work for you I mean I think what is going on with Gabrielle Union is a perfect example Mm -hmm. of how the world can't handle a strong black woman like you get very intimidated because the power we hold is beyond anyone like despite what anybody says and for me it's just like she they hired her to be the black woman in the show you know they hired her for that diversity purpose and when she's actually trying to enact change and implement diversity oh now it's too much for them now she loses her job because she's doing essentially what they hired her for Mm -hmm. but all these companies and especially like in the media they say that they want that diversity but in reality they don't and I think for um, me like someone who's aspiring to be in the media that's the hardest thing because I'm not one to bite my tongue and just like I'm always gonna have these crazy out-of-the-box ideas and I'm not okay with just going with the flow so like for me that's my biggest worry like if I do end up in the industry, what what walls am I going to hit because I'm unable to conform and unable to just kind of accept? Let me just be the black girl, do what I'm t- doing, what I'm told, straighten my hair, put my makeup on, and just be there, you know. Um, and going back to the whole Gabrielle Union thing, I think the other factor we should take into account is colorism. Um, I think that because also because she's dark skinned and a black woman, that it makes it even worse for everybody to view. Because I feel like if a light skinned woman were to say it, if she said the same exact thing, then it would be kind of more in a sweet way. It'll be like more of a, oh, well, she's just passionate about what she's saying, but it'll still be looked down mm-hmm. upon, down on. But because Gabrielle Union is dark skinned, most of the time people think that dark skinned women are just angry, they're mean. Um, and that's just a stereotype that we live with and it's unfortunate but um, when it comes to challenges that black women face we cha- we face challenges within our black community too not just outside of our community have y'all ever had a moment where y'all had to address somebody who was addr- like applying those stereotypes to you what do you mean like have you ever had to literally talk to somebody and be like I'm not this I'm not that like don't treat me this way that kind of thing I can't really think of a specific time off the top of my head but I know that I definitely have but kind of going back to what Lonnie said about like uh dark skin versus light skin the movie um the hate you give or something Mm -hmm. like that I remember when it came out, I was talking to one of my friends who is darker than I am. And I was like, yeah, like, it's such a good movie, blah, blah, blah. And she was like, honestly, like, I feel like it would have been better if the girl was dark skinned because I feel like even though she's black, she just represents the light skinned blacks. And for us, dark skin, the dark skinned girls, we just don't see ourselves represented. 
And in a way, I can kind of understand that. But then it kind of turns back into like, because she kept telling me, like, I wouldn't understand because I'm lighter than her. And I'm like, but that still oppresses me in a sense because it's like, well, why can't I relate to a black woman being on television because she's she favors more of my complexion than she does yours when in reality she's representing all of us. And I don't know if society has uh, put in it or if it's just like how we're raised, but what do you guys think when it comes to like, whether having to address somebody or when it comes to being dark, darker than I can't even get it out because it's just it's such like a weird concept to me being darker than somebody else but you guys are both of the same race like how how do you guys navigate through that and if you've ever had to say something to somebody like you know I mean you're lighter than I am you have it easier or whatever the case is in terms of the hate you give I felt like that was done purposely um choosing the the whole point of the movie was kind of that she was the light-skinned black girl Mm -hmm. that no one feared you know she went to a white school so for the purposes Mm -hmm. of that movie that was done on purpose because it's supposed to take like she was having that realization and like finding out through the movie that no matter how light I am or how close to them I might look I'm still still black. black um for me black is black is black now in terms of colorism dark skinned black women do get more hate than lighter skinned black women. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's just that's that's just another layer. Um, once you separate black, you then separate dark skin versus light skin, and you get into that in the media where you had a Viv who was beautiful and brown, mm-hmm. and you switched her to a lighter skinned woman mm-hmm. because that's more acceptable for the white audience. Mm-hmm. So while I can I see what your your I don't want to say it's a privilege to be lighter skin and black, but you have some. It will, yeah. There will always be a separation between a darker skin black woman and a lighter skin black woman. Like, that's yeah, I'm not saying that there won't be, but for somebody that is viewed as light skin or light skin, whatever, light skinned, lighter, um, it's like you can say that dark skin women have it harder, and that's a fact. But what happens to light-skinned women that also feel like, well, I'm here with you. Like, I'm supporting you. And whether I view you like that or not, I still feel like, well, damn, like, I ain't white, but I'm light-skinned, but I'm black, but I'm not black enough. Like, it still puts me in a binding situation because I don't feel like I'm black enough for the people that feel like they are too black. Yeah, I just think it's crazy that colorism, I don't know where it came, like, where it started, but black people love to act like we haven't adopted it ourselves. Like yeah. black people impose colorism on their own people. Mm-hmm. So, and this is men, women, everybody. So it's not something that you could just be like, oh, the white man did this. Like, no, we entertain this whole idea mm-hmm. within our own culture. So I think in order to get rid of it, we would have to start within our own culture and stop doing it to each other and allow women to support women whatever color black you are and whatever race you are just support each other in the end um going and going back to your question about whether we've had to encounter anything like that um now that i think about it i'm pretty sure you guys know how my sister is like what my sister looks like but for the listeners who don't know my sister is a lot lighter than me she's about naya's complexion maybe just a tad bit darker so growing up, 
when people would see me and they would see my sister, the automatic first question is, do y'all have the same parents? Mm -hmm. But it's like, if you really look at my sister, we look the exact same. It's just our skin color is not the same. She's a lot lighter and I'm a lot darker. But they will automatically think because I'm darker that I have a different mom or a different dad. Mm -hmm. So, and even when they see my parents, my mom is a teeny bit darker than me and my dad is maybe like the same complexion as Brie. But they will automatically think that I don't have the same parents as my sister because she's lighter. And I think that shows that because somebody isn't the same complexion and their siblings, that they automatically are not related. But I always have to tell people just because I'm darker than my sister doesn't mean that we have different parents. I think, honestly, to me, I think it's disrespectful because you can have the same parents and just be different skin tones. But... I mean, that's kind of what I had to grow up with, so. Yeah, I I agree with that. I mean, my sister is lighter than me as well, but I mean, we do have different parents, so it's mm-hmm. a little different, but in terms of like feeling a little, I don't want to say intimidated, but feeling left out. Um, I spoke about this on, I think on the Family Matters episode, where just like kind of being around my mom's side of the family, like I always kind of felt like I didn't belong because my skin is darker. Like my mom's side of the family is Filipino through and through. So mm-hmm. of course they're lighter than me. So just having, as I have gotten older, I have become more comfortable in my brown skin. Um, and I think that's because the media, I think is doing a little better um, portraying black women. I um, mean, to tie it back into what Naya was saying, um, even though I am not dark skin, when I see images of darker skinned women on the TV, I can still relate to that. Mm-hmm. So for even light light skinned black women, I think you can relate to dark skinned women, even but you can't do it the other way around. You see what I'm saying? No, I see what you're you saying. See, okay. Like, so yeah. like I saw Queen and Slim yesterday. No, don't tell I'm not going to tell you what's oh. happening, but I'm saying like <laughs> she is a dark skinned woman, and mm-hmm. while watch while I was watching the movie, I could completely relate. Like. I could see myself in that position, like having to make those decisions and having to understand that I'm a black woman. Like I could relate to that. Whereas if I was, if it was a light skinned woman, a dark skinned woman might not be able to look at that same image and be like, that's how they would treat me, you know? I think, yeah. I also think it depends on your personal experience because with you, you are you can relate to that from my perspective because you always been feeling like you were the outside because you were darker than the rest of your family but I feel like I mean I'm not trying to be like offensive to any lighter skinned people but if you are light skinned and all you've been around is light skinned people it's kind of like you don't really have that mentality or that experience of being darker than everyone else Mm -hmm. and experiencing experiencing that um quote-unquote oppression but I will say because I agree with that but I also feel like on the flip side for me like when I was younger, I was darker than what I am now. For some reason, my skin just keeps getting lighter and lighter and lighter every year. And I now am the lightest out of like my dad, my mom, all of my siblings. Mm -hmm. And so my family, most of them are darker than me. So I'm the one that feels left out and they'll be like, oh, my little white girl and blah, blah, blah. And I find that so offensive because Mm -hmm. to me, it's still like, you are not black enough. Mm -hmm. And that comes from the black side you know what Mm -hmm. i'm saying like white people are you're black you're black you're black whatever they see dark and that's what it is but when it comes to colorism and the 
segregatedness of it. I understand that a darker skinned woman could not relate to some of the privileges that she think I may have, mm -hmm. but I also feel excluded when it's like, you can't relate to us and that's why you're there and it's because of your skin tone. And it's like, well, I I didn't choose this. I didn't, you know, I was I was born this way. So I can definitely see what, what you're saying, but also to be the light skinned, I can also feel the oppression because I'm excluded out of everybody else who's darker than me. Yeah, I mean, I get it because my I feel like my sister goes through the same thing because she's lighter. So, like, when I was talking about people thinking that we have different parents, when they see my parents, they automatically go to my sister and say, okay, well, maybe you don't have the same parents. Mm -hmm. So they kind of take the focus away from me, and then they put it on her because she's lighter than me, my mom, and right. my dad. Mm -hmm. So I, I get both both sides. Um, Brie, I have a question for you. So earlier we were talking about family and stuff like that. Did you ever feel like when you were growing up that your family did not gravitate towards <clears throat> you because you didn't look like them? And like, did they treat you as if you weren't Filipino, I guess? Um, I don't think it was treating me like I wasn't Filipino, but I think, um, and I think my sister and my cousins will attest to this, my mom's side of the family, like, has 100% respect for me mm -hmm. and it's because they know I don't like I'm I'm not the family member that you're gonna come to and tell me what I need to do or like try to talk down on me and I like I think that very strong personality like feeds off on them so they respect it so I don't think they tried to exclude me um but I just definitely didn't get um I don't want to say I had different treatment but it wasn't in a bad way mm -hmm. like you know when your family families all talk bad about each other in some way but my cousins will come to me to this day and be like no one will ever say anything about you like so I don't know if it's because of that but I kind of feel like it has something to do with it but I don't feel like you know it's always love when you're when I'm around my family so I think I was excluding myself more than they were mm -hmm. at what age do you guys feel like you started to realize like either one my skin color matters and it's gonna define how I'm treated or I guess that you were quote unquote different from the people that you grew up with um, I think very early because when I was younger um I don't get as dark now in the summer as I used to but I used to get like really chocolate dark, dry. like yeah chocolate and I used to hate it like I used to um like please put as much sunblock on me as possible. Like I used to hate getting tan in the summer and just like seeing my skin that dark, it really used to um, affect my self-esteem. But now I'm like, my black is beautiful. So mm -hmm. it doesn't, I'm like very comfortable in my skin because you know, light skin used to be in. Like even mm -hmm. for like these dark skin men that um, are popular now, like Idris Alba, um, you know, they might, those were the same boys that probably got made fun of in mm -hmm. elementary school and middle school. Like, we used to call people what African booty scratchers. Like, yeah. no, for oh real. Like, yes, these are things that, like, we really used to say the whole light skin face yeah. thing, the whole Chris Brown phase was a whole thing. The Drake phase. Yeah. So, like, now it's kind of flipped and mm -hmm. it's these chocolate men are it. And then you just, kind of that light skin kind of has a negative yeah, yeah like it's kind of it just shows you how much media has a hold on us like media really can drive a culture and that's insane to me that we can let stuff people say on the internet and what is a fad for a time 
become a cultural idea. Mm-hmm. Like that is so insane. Um, but going back to Naya's question, um, I think I don't remember a particular age of when I realized that I was different. Um, I guess like being a dancer, I started out dancing in the church, um, liturgical dance. So when I would have to buy like certain like attire and garments and like tights and leotards, if I had to get like flesh tone mm-hmm. tights, the flesh tone tights wouldn't even be mm-hmm. my flesh tone. So it's like I would be in class and then have one half of my leg is brown and the other half is like tan or beige. Mm-hmm. Um, so I've had to struggle through that all through high school. And I think I still kind of struggle with my skin tone a little bit now because even when I go out with like my friends who are lighter than me, um, getting into like the whole like, you know, dating thing and all that other all those other things like if I'm out with friends who are lighter than me they gravitate more so gravitate towards them and I'm just sitting there like okay well here's the black sheep hey Mm -hmm. how you doing so um I kind of still struggle with it but I'm definitely more comfortable in my skin now than I was years ago that's crazy that you said because I remember we had to like dye our ballet shoes Mm -hmm. because they didn't sell ones that were our complexion so it's crazy Mm -hmm. how deep that kind of colorism stuff goes or even just racial stuff goes it's the same with uh skating like i was saying before i grew up figure skating like from third grade so going to school in howard county and the school that i went to in particular was very diverse so i saw everybody as different but that wasn't a bad thing and then as i got older and started to realize like dang like i really am the only black girl they want us to do certain hairstyles i can't do that hairstyle i got to figure out how to do that or we would do costumes and they would be like oh my gosh like your body looks so good and blah blah like it was always comments like that and I remember I want to say I was in like seventh grade and I was like I don't want white skates I want brown skates like I was so sick of white skates Mm -hmm. tights were different um they never matched my skin color but they didn't like it wasn't a thing to dye your tights darker you just Mm -hmm. had to have some tan ass things on and I remember when I first got my brown skates, I felt so complete. I was like, yes, finally. Like, I mean, they obviously weren't brown, brown, but they were not white. And Mm -hmm. it finally made me feel a little bit more comfortable and a little bit more um, eager to show like, I'm black. Look at at my brown skates, like here I am. Mm -hmm. Like it just to, you know, cause you, you really do kind of like drown in that type of situation when you are the only one. And at that age, it's really hard to take that and be like, I am the only one, let me stand up, let me be strong, let me really stand in my own existence instead of being like, well, damn, I don't look like anybody now. I feel inferior, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and I, it's funny that you mentioned the whole body thing because I think body features play a role into black women, especially mm-hmm. when we're talking about colorism. Um, just speaking from experience, because I'm a dark-skinned woman, um, my body features get more attention than my actual skin tone and my actual mm-hmm. beauty. Um, I feel like with light-skinned women, they can be slim as a stick, and then they still get more attention. But with a dark-skinned woman, she has like she has to have hips, mm-hmm. she has to have a butt, she has to have a chest, but a small waist. You know, even if she's dark-skinned, even if she's beautiful, she has to have those attributes. And I feel like I growing up especially being younger with a more mature body than my age 
I've always been looked at and categorized within that stereotype. Oh, she's dark skin, but she got them hips. She got that butt. She got mm-hmm. that chest, but she got a small waist, you know? So I don't, I'm, I mean, it's funny how we um, put different features with different things and, you know, how everything correlates, but it's so different and it's so, you know. Lonnie, do you feel like your body shape has like affects you within the corporate world like even if it's like from what you wear to work or like you know how people judge you and like interviews and things um I definitely think so I am still conscious about what kind of pants I wear whether my pants are too tight um what style of pants I wear whether I wear too too tight skirt if I wear a too tight skirt or a bodycon skirt I have to wear a sweater that covers my butt like mm-hmm. even growing up my mom would always say like if you wear leggings you got to wear a shirt that covers your butt that's long enough to cover your butt but it's like I don't not to say that I don't want to hide it but it's like it's a part of my body so it's I don't really want to cut down on what I want to wear or what I can wear because of my butt or my hips or my chest mm-hmm. so even like with shirts, I feel like I would have to, because I'm a little, you know, heavier chested than other people or, you know, categorized as heavier chested, I feel like I can't wear too low shirts or I have to wear like a double bra or a double sports bra to just kind of keep everything up and tight. So let me tell y'all, um, at my current job, I don't work with, I don't immediately work with any black women and even <clears throat> in the whole building, I don't, I'm just probably like 25 of us, but in my department, we have the women have a discussion all the time with the men about how women have a harder time like finding work clothes and that kind of thing and then the white women will always bring up like yeah because I'm a little hippier and da 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 (laughs) and when I say it takes everything in me (laughs) not to be like literally are you kidding me like you're insulting me right now and so even when I be like you know I'm hippie and I have to find, and they'll be like, yeah, same, me too. And I'm like, you don't understand my struggle. Like we cannot be compared. Your hippie is not my hippie. Exactly. (laughs) And it's it's so funny that you mentioned that because yes, there are white women out there who are, who are hippie, who have those features. But at the same time, when they wear the same exact thing that we wear, we're looked at negatively mm-hmm. and in a sexual way because we have butt and we have hips and we have thighs and we have all of that. And we're black. And we're black. Especially if you're dark skin. If you're dark skin, mm-hmm. that's all that's an automatic. You dark skin, you got butts and you got a hip hips and you got chest and you wearing these tight clothes Boom, to work. Inappropriate. Inappropriate. But is- if a white woman comes in and she wear the same thing, it's like, Oh, you look so mm-hmm. nice. You've been working you out. Your pants? Yeah. Mm-hmm. That just reminds me of like you know, remember all that like teacher bay and nurse mm-hmm. bay going on and like people were saying like the the teacher was dressed inappropriately. But if a white teacher would have wore that mm-hmm. same outfit it would have been fine, right. you know. It's just, it's just another thing that black women have to deal with. There's in such the a lens on us, like mm-hmm. there's such a defined lens on black women. And I would say my current job now, I feel more comfortable with what I wear because my job is majority minority, majority black. Um, the team that I work on, we're all black, um, so they kind of get the idea of okay coming into work, dressing a certain way or whatever the case may be. So I feel like I'm more comfortable. But if I were in a different environment where I'm kind of like, you know, the minority, then I would definitely be more conscious about what I wear. Mm -hmm. I'm just curious. I would love to 
be able to do like a day in the life of a white woman. Man, I like don't I know. would just, I just want to see. Like I would not, I would don't no, want to be white. Yeah, absolutely not. But I would just love to just like see their point of view. Mm-hmm. Like I'm mm-hmm. just curious to like. Cause it almost to us, it kind of just seems like they get to do whatever they right. want. Like you can pop off on people. Nobody's gonna label you an angry black woman. You could wear what you want. Mm-hmm. You could wear a peacock on your head, and nobody <laughs> gonna say nothing to you. Like you know. But as soon as a black woman comes in with some braids, it's a problem. And that's the other thing. I think it's funny when you go in for a job interview. And a white woman can come in in a sundress and sandals. Oh my! With a blazer on top. But as soon as a black woman comes in with a sundress and sandals with a blazer, then it's like, oh well, she's not professional. That's not business. That's not business. So we have to. We literally have to overdress for an interview versus a white woman. They can literally come in in anything. I'm giving you a full suit for an interview because that's what I like. That's what I feel like the standard has been set. For me to do, I'm giving you, if my hair is not straight, I'm giving you a slick back a bun. A slick back bun. <laughs> I'm not pulling out the bush till like mm-hmm. week three or four. <laughs> like, no, like these are things that I'm really conscious about mm-hmm. when I'm in professional settings. Like, even if it's for like my businesses and things, like my nonprofit, like I just try to be as, look as clean mm-hmm. as possible all the time. And the fact that I even just said look <clears throat> clean and my natural hair can't be, can't clean. fit into that just shows how like how much pressure we receive from society to just always be on our p's and q's and let's not even get into language and how people talk to us and that kind of thing that's just so stressful like even like the slightest stuff like i just i found recently that like i feel like white men try too hard not to say anything inappropriate to black Mm -hmm. women like Mm -hmm. it's so uncomfortable when i'm around like I hire up and it's like the conversations are really like I can tell you're tiptoeing mm-hmm. around me oh, and yeah. that is just so annoying because I'm like bruh just let me live my life I'm just here to get paid just like you leave me alone if you don't feel like you can be comfortable talking to me but That's- I feel like it's a barrier too because like for me like my boss like with all even the black men um at my job like they be ha ha and kiki and it mm-hmm. up but like and it just makes it seem like they have such this good relationship and I feel like at the end of the day that's why they get more opportunities than me because when it's I'm the only black woman in my position so it's like for me it's just like oh you're doing a great Mm -hmm. job and it's kind of just gets brushed Mm -hmm. brushed off like that but he has like full relationships with the other employees so it's kind of like I mean I know why but it's again like Nelly said that whole tiptoeing concept where you don't want to say anything wrong Mm -hmm. so you don't say anything at all do you think mm-hmm. it would be different if your boss was a white woman? Um, I feel like it depends on the. It depends on the white. Yeah, because yeah. <laughs> some of them would be like, you know, yay women, and the other would be like, yay white women, and then you <laughs> yeah. Know. I mean, it, yeah, it depends on the side that they take. Are yeah. they a ally or an enemy? Mm-hmm. Like it's. I think it'll definitely be a different dynamic. I think it'll be some kind of oppression or some kind of look down upon if it were a white woman. Um, But I think it wouldn't be as um, intense Mm -hmm. um, versus coming from a white man. Mm -hmm. But let me tell you something. There are some white people out here that are so unproblematic. Mm -hmm. I mean, I just want to say that because it, you know, sometimes people just say like all white people and people are against all white people. Um, but there are some that are really supportive of the culture and are really interested in learning about the culture and not, um, what's the word? 
appropriating mm-hmm. our culture. Like, there's genuinely people out there like that. Um, like, I'm a GA at Towson, and when I say, like, the white people there are so cool, like, they understand. When we try to make events more diverse, like, they're right on board with us. Like, they're never trying to be, they're never trying to exclude the black students out of stuff. So, I've seen both sides of it. So, it's just, just have an open mind when it comes to, like, how you treat white people. Like, all of them aren't bad. Mm-hmm. I can genuinely say at my job now, I have received more, like, you're doing great, sweeties, from black people than I have from, like, white people. Like, I get black people that come to our events all the time who will randomly come up to me and be like, oh, my God, when did you start working here? Mm-hmm. That's amazing. You're doing so good for yourself. And I'm like, why? Like, why is it? Why are you coming up to me telling me that I'm mm-hmm. doing great for myself? Like, why can't I be just another regular person mm-hmm. who is smart, who knows what she's doing, who's getting a job? Like, it doesn't. It makes me so irritated because, I mean, and yes, I love when black people support black people, but it's to the point where like almost every event, I get one black person that comes up to me and it's like, when did you start? Um, I'm so proud of you, da 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 da. And I'm like, that's nice, but like, I don't wanna hear that every time. Like, I don't wanna be yes, treated support differently. Me. Support me from afar, though. Like, if I'm doing my job, don't come up to me, interrupt me, and be like, oh, I love that you're working in an all-white company. Like, no, nobody wants to hear that all the time. But, nobody wants me to remind it of their inferiority or whatever, whatever word But is. you don't feel like, like for me, um, there, this black girl has started at our job. She quit after the first day. But I, wow. <laughs> yeah, she did. But whatever. When she came in, I like I did, I was like, ooh, finally another black woman. Like, you know, I can connect with her on some level. And like you get excited about when you see somebody that looks like you, so you don't feel. Do you feel like it's good intentions behind it? Because like for me, when that happened, I had good intentions. Like it was just finally somebody you can relate to. But did you go up to her and was like, "Oh, I'm so glad a black woman." No, like no, I'm so. That's, but yeah, like yeah, that's I think what that's people do. I feel excessive. like when you're just like, "Oh, hey, girl, like welcome," da 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 da. Like and you you know take the effort to you know get to know her mm-hmm. because you understand where she's coming from that's different but going up to a black person and be like i'm so proud of you being in this white company like that's yeah. what i get oh, okay. and i'm just like this that's too much like mm-hmm. support me but do it in a way that i of course i'm gonna be able to tell what you're doing but do it in a way that i shouldn't be able to you right. know or just so just like, maybe just like be like hello or like or the discreetness kind of to it like yeah, you know that like little head nod kind of that we'd be like Mm-hmm. You exactly. know that I know that we know. Exactly. Hello. No, these black people be like, "Oh my God, when did you start here?" I'm like, am I alien? Like, do you find that it's from older black people? Definitely. Okay. Definitely. Mm-hmm. Like younger black people, they're just like, "Hey, how are you?" Like that kind, of, like the discretion thing. Older black people, they're like, "Oh my goodness." Well, they're probably just not used to seeing. Yeah, black and that's understandable. It's thing. just irritating. Yeah, I understand that. Yeah, I think the dynamic of um, challenges and those type of situations change from generation to generation because with us it's like okay yeah we're not we we're used to seeing more black people in different areas of you know the corporate world because that's what we grew around mm-hmm. grew up around and it's becoming more of the norm versus an older generation like our parents or our grandparents they're not really used to seeing that it's just like when barack obama got elected for president mm-hmm. it's like everybody especially our parents and our grand grandparents went crazy because it's like we've never seen this happen this is something new so it's like for them it's like we're moving forward mm-hmm. but they're still kind of 
stuck in that mindset of oh well black black people aren't really used to doing these things so it's they find it fascinating yeah um i did want to um go back if y'all don't mind just to like wrap up the whole ti conversation because we Mm -hmm. the red table talk did come out um everybody watch it Mm -hmm. yeah so just kind of tying it back together since now we have he got his chance to speak on it again Mm -hmm. where do y'all stand with opinions and he changed opinions from last episode first of all i just want to (laughs) say how does how does this man not know what patriarchy is this man is so supposed to be so educated so intellectual the dictionary as his vocabulary but don't know what patriarchy is he said i heard the term before but i don't quite know what it is over it so you're a man but you don't know what patriarchy he okay. Know, they're gonna All right. I did not like the fact that he made himself the victim. Uh-huh. He was like, "Oh, but I don't understand how us as black men are supposed to father our child." Like, no, nobody is attacking I I don't you think it was for being a either. black yeah. father. Nobody is doing that. There we're were... saying you're wrong for invading her privacy. That's what we're saying. And he tried to act like everybody had a problem with him being a father mm-hmm. and not that's why Jada was like the hymen is the right. issue like, like that's not what we're discussing and there were two big issues that i had one tiny was there and mm, he they said he no so he came and he was like this is why i have you three women here to teach me one your wife lives with you she right. should have been educating and you she the whole... obviously is not gonna say nothing against you yes. that's why you brought her right so he, she had every opportunity to educate you and you now she's now she's a person that you can learn from because you're in front of you two know other black two women. other black women and two the second thing I had a big problem with is how he said if if your daughter gets pregnant the household changes immediately but if your son gets a girl pregnant you have it doesn't like what she's so pretty much because I know I said my big my concern was what is the consequence mm-hmm. and his response because Jada asked the same thing because. Mm-hmm. That's what people want to know. Mm-hmm. What you going to do if, if you she find is, out she right. is having sex? And he said, well, if she did, then that means she would take on more responsibility. She becomes an adult the minute yeah. that she moves to her virginity. So your son don't become an adult the minute he get a girl pregnant? So, like, that don't make no sense. But that's, like, the sexism. It's ridiculous. Is, it's overwhelming. But it, it's the fact that he didn't say that the minute that she gets pregnant, she turns into an adult. The minute that she loses her virginity, right, she right. turns into an adult. Because so, that's an adult behavior. I, I don't... I just feel like the whole conversation with him was... It wasn't genuine. Mm-hmm. I don't think he really cared about what other people thought about him. I don't think he... The only thing that he cared about was if people were going to perceive him in a different limelight him being a father and he was just trying to prove himself that I'm a good father I'm a good father I'm this mm-hmm. I'm that and I just feel like the whole time he just kept contradicting himself because he was saying okay well I understand her feelings but then on the other hand I gotta protect my daughter by right. her hymen and her virginity and she turned into an adult and it's just like I don't understand how you can't even process what the conversation is truly about because you're trying to switch it and turn it on yourself and play victim and I don't think anybody's buying it and then he tried to say that, one, he never said his her mother didn't go. And two, he never said that they were still going on. Like, on if now. it wasn't recently on. going on, you would the language would not even You would not, be, you would not be that passionate about it if you weren't still doing it. He said, we go on yearly gynecology visits. Exactly. That was his words. Like, you didn't say, oh, when she was 13 and 14, we used to go. 
No, because if it was in the past, then you would refer to right. it like it was mm-hmm. in the past. I also think it's funny that all of a sudden he wanted to respect his daughter. He was like, I'm only here out of for respect her. for Jay. She told me I could come. Now you want to no, respect it, her Everything wishes. was for her. Right. For, her. for her. I'm like, if you was really respectful, you would have asked her what she wanted in the beginning. Yeah. I'm not disagreeing with anything you guys are saying and I agree with majority of it but for me being raised by my dad I had the conversation with him and I'm like what why, what do you think about this because I think it's crazy and his response was I mean that's his child and as a father you gonna figure out how to protect your child by any means Period. I got that response from a lot of men. I said, okay. A lot of men didn't see an issue. Right. And so when it comes to the patriarch thing or whatever, we could tie this back into like privilege and white people and stuff like that. I feel like if it's an issue or something that pertains to you, you don't see it that way. Because one, you're defensive of yourself. You're trying to protect yourself. And two, a lot of people just can't look in the mirror and put their self in other people's shoes to see where they're coming from. Like, oh, I've heard the term, but no, the term is you. You're not understanding that the term refers to you and the things that you do because you automatically feel attacked by that word. Like white privilege. Oh, okay. Well, I'm white, but like, and I understand what you're saying, but I don't see it. It's because it's something that you live in every single day. So with him saying that, I was like, okay, like, maybe you're being genuine. I can't say if he's being genuine or not, but just watching the whole thing, I felt like, let's say that he was genuine. If he was saying like, okay, I'm here to learn and I'm not, like, I'm just doing the best I can as a father. Him not seeing the whole issue is, I don't want to say him protecting himself, but him not being able to put himself outside of himself to see what other people are saying. He's just saying, I don't know what, you know, I don't really know what that means. I'm just saying, I'm trying to get my thoughts together because it's just <laughs> so much. But from talking to my dad and watching the episode, I feel like if my dad was in his shoes, he might have said some of the same things in terms of I'm doing it for my daughter. I'm doing it because I love her. This is how I know how to protect her. And this is what I do. And when he said something about like, once she loses her virginity, then what did he say? She becomes an adult. She becomes an adult. So I can see that. I can see that being something my dad says, maybe not verbatim in that way, but being like, once you decide to make this decision, Every other decision after that, you now have to think like an adult. So when you decide to have sex, okay, cool. Whether you get pregnant or not, you need to have a plan. If this is something that you do decide to do in your life, then you need to be like, okay, does this boy love me? I'm deciding to have sex with him. If I do get pregnant, do we have a plan? Like, I feel like he was trying to project that if this is an adult decision that you're going to make, you are now making adult decisions and it can't just be this one decision. You can't just say, I'm only going to be having sex, but everything else I'm going to act like a child. No, you have to start thinking ahead, thinking, thinking ahead of for the future. And I feel like that's kind of what he was trying to say, because I always try to look at both sides. Mm-hmm. And since my dad is very much kind of like, he's very smart. He does listen. See, I don't really be listening, but my dad does listen. I could just kind of see where he might have been trying to be like, 
not necessarily I'm the victim and I'm innocent, but this is what I know. And this is what I stand by because he doesn't listen to other people. And like we said, if he's grown up to be this type of person his whole entire life, he's not going to see that he's wrong. Everybody's in the whole room and the whole world is telling you you're wrong. You still sitting here like, I I can hear you guys are telling me wrong, but I'm not seeing it because this is these are my principles. This is my beliefs. Now, what I did disagree with was the whole thing about his like the double standard of his son. Because if your son is going to be having sex, then he also becomes an adult. The household does change. Yeah, that that girl that's pregnant might not be living in your house. But your son now has a responsibility. It doesn't start when the baby is born. It starts now that she's pregnant. And I feel like that's something he does not acknowledge. And because he sees himself within his son, oh, you know, been there, done that, blah, 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 then you should be wanting better for your son the same way that you want for your daughter. So I'm not disagreeing with anybody. I'm just saying for me, I was trying to see the dad part of it that doesn't understand patriarch, even though it's so obvious. I I have a question for you. So you, would you say your dad raised you? Yes. Like, as a single dad. Well, with my grandma, yes. Okay, my thing is, he's not a single dad. He has her mother, and he has his wife there to educate them him. So, mm-hmm. now, as a single father, I could kind of, you know, all right, you're doing your best. But that just means he's not asking for help. He's not trying to get educated. When you have two women, and he has um, he has a mother-in-law, I believe, and is his mother mm-hmm. still alive? Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, so you have all these women around you to help you, and you never, you didn't seek for education until Jada called you out on it. Oh. So that's my issue, is that you, you know, she has a mother in her life, so it's like, you, you're not doing it on your own. It's different when you're doing it on your own, and I... And I agree with that, but I'm not saying that he is a single dad and doing it on his own. What I'm saying is from being more so with my dad and growing up with him and when it came to female things i had to go to my grandma about it or he would go to my grandma about it my dad and ti are different of course ti is somebody that is stuck in his ways and he doesn't listen to anybody which i said so i feel like i'm agreeing with what you're saying but i also feel like because ti is the person that he is he's not going to ask anybody for help and the women around him are very submissive Mm -hmm. so i don't feel like they're going to be like this is where you're wrong the way Jada is like if Jada was his wife T.I. wouldn't have got there but Tiny's sitting there like a yes yes sir yes Mm ma'am he's not gonna ask her for anything he's not gonna listen to her and she's not gonna stand up to say anything to him whereas my dad is if he got out of line my grandma would have been like okay you're doing too much and we also have to remember that he didn't think he was doing anything wrong like even for him to ask like he didn't think he had to ask for help because he thought it was right like he figured that this was a normal thing and since Deja wasn't saying nothing, it was all right, you know? Mm-hmm. But going so. back to what Bree said, to me it's just crazy that having those women in the household that they wouldn't stand up for her because Tiny was trying to make it seem like, yes, like this is what I told him and yes, it is wrong, but what were you doing when that was happening? Mm-hmm. But I do have one last question to wrap up, um, last question. So he said... Uh, he said something along the lines of there's no such thing as overprotecting. There's mm. just protected and unprotected. Um, how do y'all feel about that? Like for me, I think there is a such thing as overprotective. When you have your children on such a tight leash and mm-hmm. they can't go anywhere, mm-hmm. that's overprotected. But that's my opinion. 
I think there is a such thing as overprotective because when you have children, yes, you want to protect them, protect them from the world and from anything that's going on. But at the same time, you also want them to grow up and grow on their own. Um, I think when you overprotect your children, um, you're trying to um, control the way that they grow and the way that they learn and the way that they go about things. But ultimately, they're human beings too. They're, they're separate individuals. So you have to treat them as such. Yes, up into a certain age, you want to guide them through, but there's a such thing as guiding versus protecting. Um, I think that most parents need to just learn how to guide their children through life because ultimately your children are going to make certain decisions on their own when they get to a certain age. So it's better to just guide them instead of trying to protect, protect, protect. Because the more that you protect, the more that they want to pull away from you. Um, I feel like people just have to realize that protection doesn't necessarily mean that you have to hold them the whole time and that being able to protect your child also means being able to trust yourself and that I have instilled in you as much as I can and now I have to trust you enough to let you go to make your own decisions because you're still you're still around in a sense where Let's say that, you know, your daughter's 16 and she wants to start going out to parties. You have to protect her in a, in a way to say, okay, well, I have given you all these tools. I hope that you use it correctly. But now me still protecting you, I have to let you go and see what you're going to do with that so that we can come back and we can see what you did with what you made with the tools that I gave you. Otherwise, you're going to overprotect them, which I feel like is under protecting them because you're holding their hand the whole time that the minute you let them go, you don't, you know mm -hmm. what I'm saying? Those training wheels, you can't go from training wheels and then absolutely nothing. You know, you take your time. Training wheels come off. Your parents are still holding you a little bit. They may let go, then they grab, then they may let go, then they grab. I feel like you just have to ease your way into letting go. You can't hold on the whole time. Mm -hmm. um, I definitely think there's a such thing as overprotection. I'm a strong believer in everyone learns in their own ways and you have to let your child learn from themselves. That's just, you can guide, you, you can tell them, you can tell them what you did, you can guide them, but in the end, you have to let everybody learn for themselves. Mm -hmm. And that's that on that. All right, well, episode nine. It's that's a wrap. Bye. 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 Bye.